What's up, guys, and welcome to the Fit and Ship Podcast, now brought to you by our sponsor, Four Horsemen Nutrition. Four Horsemen Nutrition, started by a former competitive powerlifter for competitive powerlifters, has a great-tasting whey protein with more nutrients and a better flavor than all the other protein powders out there. Creatine monohydrate for the gains and two great-tasting coffee flavors that will help you get through your workout. The coffee flavors are cinnamon and a French roast and graham cracker flavor and a medium roast. Give them a follow on Instagram at fourhorsemen underscore nutrition and get your orders in today. Now to the podcast. All right. Hopefully we are now live. Episode 19 Fit and Ship Podcast. Um, the girls were having a little trouble. The girls were having a little trouble, but oh, they're in. All right. So now that they're here, I can ask. And we should be good to go. There yeah. we go. Yeah, there you go. Wow. We, we made it. How you guys doing? Good. Oh, great. How are you? Living the dream. Hold on. I didn't get a throne like Chanel. I feel like I need to. I know. She's got quite talking. the background for this. It, it was actually podcast just to show this off <laughs> that's like the perfect area for it oh yeah all right so i want to get started with um just like to inform people about what you guys like have been up to um chanel uh big 1375 total at 148 which is 14th all time i believe and lily had a 1433 total which is 24th all time at 181 so Obviously, both very decorated uh, multiply lifters. I mean, what's next for you guys? Oh, more multiply lifting. Yeah. More? That's it? I mean, what, what meet is next? Do you guys Are you guys doing the pro-am? Definitely or what? the pro-am. Yeah, that's next up. On the I docket. think so. you. So. Both of you? Should, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, I mean, what got, what got you guys? I'll start with Chanel first, so just so we're not bouncing back and forth. What got you started with all of this? Powerlifting in general. Uh, yeah. I uh, was looking just for like a sport to get into, I guess, after I stopped playing roller derby for a while. And mm -hmm. I had ended up moving to Toronto because I'm originally Canadian. I just moved to Georgia recently. And then at the time I was online on those like internet forums looking for like a powerlifting gym, not knowing really what to expect. And then I ended up... Uh, going to this like garage gym called the anvil and the guys there were like so nice and so accommodating like i was i didn't know what the fuck i was doing at all and um they were just so like like they were like you know it was just tuesdays thursdays saturdays and they were the most consistent training partners i've had to date probably and they really just like i think their positive attitude and stuff towards it and them being so nice stuff to me was why I ended up sticking with powerlifting so that's kind of how I got started and then I ended up obviously like doing a couple competitions and liking it and stuff and then it just kind of progressed from there and Lily what about you uh so I was living in California like lifting casually mm -hmm. uh and I was like I want to get better at this I want to learn how to lift so I watched some YouTube videos about squatting which was probably the worst idea I've ever had in <laughs> seven years and I was like, all right, I can either do bikini or then I looked over there and it was like a bunch of fat dudes with their titties out and listening to like Pantera. And I was like, that looks way better. Sign me up for that. <laughs> I, found, I found like a few people to train with. I trained with these like old dudes in California who were like awesome. The first people to like take me under their wing and teach me about training. Uh, moved out to Ohio for a job. 
at JL Holdsworth Gym. Um, so trained there for a little bit and then was lucky enough to go out to Elite and train with Dave Tate. And now I'm with my new Dave daddy, Dave Hoff. So it's been like, I've been incredibly lucky in terms of the groups I've been able to get into. And That's awesome. Yeah. So you have good, I mean, you have great training partners now. Chanel, not so much. I mean, you made a comment saying you haven't had consistent training partners. I do, like I do, but there, it's always, that's always a different no matter where you go. You almost have to like, you get lucky you that stick around for a long time, I think. And now yeah. I have a husband, so I've got a permanent training partner. So well, yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, so what would you guys say like makes like, you know, what makes or breaks good good and bad training partners? Lily? Um, I mean, I think I've been, I don't think I realized how incredibly lucky I was until I talked to other people and they're like, people don't show up or like people can't give me good cues or whatever. So I think it's a mix of like, I'm not saying I have to be friends with everyone. Like I've trained with people that I have disliked as people, but have been great training partners, right? They show up, they help, they spot, they load, and not everyone's going to have like an amazing eye to help you. So you need a mix of the people who have the eye and the people who are coaching and the people who are just like consistently there and helping and showing up and putting in the work and everyone's on the same page with like we're here to get better we're here to compete not just like show up once in a while and for sure for sure yeah same <clears throat> i agree with that Maybe. so it's 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 funny you said the um the comment about like you didn't necessarily like some people but they were great people as far as the gym goes i mean i think that's something that I've been experiencing and a, and a few people I deal with have been experiencing, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, best of friends in there. But like you said, if there's consistency as far as in gym, like camaraderie and all that stuff, I mean, I guess that's all that really matters when it comes, like when push comes to shove, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've had to go both ways. Like people I love as people and don't like training with and, you know, you just don't necessarily mesh or they're not that helpful or people that I, I'm not great friends with, but it's like, all right, we're all on the same page. Like it is a great melting pot. You are forced to be friends or at least acquaintances with people you would probably never talk to otherwise. For sure. And you all need to go back and find something to agree on or at least. Yeah. It's funny you say that too, because there are people now that I think about it that I really do like outside of the gym, but I, can, I cannot yeah. train with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, Lily, you just did the WPO, right? Yeah. How'd you make out there? I had a very good day for myself. Um, every, like, Dave has gotten me way better. Like, I was really stuck at these, like, 535, 525 squats for a long time. And he got me over 600 consistently. Nice. Um, I never know how these... I mean, you never know how any meet is going to go, but like, especially a WPO, I think there's like a good amount of pressure for it, obviously. Like, and the, that meet in general, a little like here or there because of the pandemic, I think it's been kind of like weird one year and okay the next year. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a fast meet, you know, people bomb, then you're like, oh, I have to go do my next bench in three minutes. Um, but I put together a squat and a deadlift PR on like a kind of shorter training cycle um so i mean i did you know i got prs that's all you can ask for yeah yeah for sure like dave has been very helpful with i mean aside from making me way better but also with like the mental aspect of just being like it'll be there you know like it's there or it's yeah, not sure. you're gonna do it you're gonna do it and you that's just know you have to do it. so i mean 
leading up to the WPO, there was a lot of like, there's always a lot of drama talk with the WPO. Lately. Was it, did it live up to your expectations? Was it, was it any good? Was it kind of lame? What, I mean. Okay. So here for me personally, like I did not notice anything except for when Snooki like almost died. Aside from that, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm yeah. like sitting in the corner, like eating my snacks, like, you know, kicking my feet around. Like, I don't know if I'm really honestly not paying attention. So I know there was like some shit that went on for me personally. Like I felt like my squats were fine. They were to a good depth. I didn't feel like it was weird for me. Um, I had a good experience with the judges and they've always been like nice and supportive of people. I didn't find that any of my calls were weird. Um, I mean, I know people have issues. I define time, but I also like TBH. And I know this is not, you probably want a spicier take, but I just kind of like, you know, snacked in the corner and talked to my friends. And then did your own thing. Which yeah, is I, mean, like, I mean, like leading up, you know, people were complaining about the promotion of it, the setup of it. Um, you know, that it, people were claiming that it kind of lost its flair from the past. Have you been there in the past or was this your first? I've time? only done the Arnold extravaganza, no audience. And okay. I have a great picture of Chanel and I, like a selfie on the stage. And there's like three people in chairs, like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's tough, like powerlifting, you know, it's not a money sport, right? Like my husband does strongman and it's way different. He's in like the professional circuit. They have a lot of promotion. They make money from it. Like they are paid to be there. Um, they make money. They're, you know, powerlifting is like, More I know we're hobby. trying to like take it to the next level, but it's a hobby. And, you know, if you get a t-shirt, that's cool. But I mean, yeah. like to me, I care about having like personally having a good meet. Great to see my friends there. And if I don't die, that's awesome. <laughs> For sure. Chanel, go ahead. You were going to say something. Oh, yeah, no, but I, I mean, a lot of like, I mean, yeah, like the drama and stuff is like what kills it for me because I, I had a lot of fun at the beginning when I was a lot more naive. And I think the more you get involved in the drama side, the less it takes away from like the things that you enjoy about powerlifting, I think, unless mm -hmm. you like about it and like stirring the pot and shit like that. And that's fine. But like, for me, like, the more I fucking talk to people and the more like this person doesn't like this person, it doesn't make it fucking fun. Like I go to a meet and I'm like, cool. Everybody fucking hates each other here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, we talked about it um, kind of recently um, about the camaraderie of the sport. You know, we had that conversation about people paying, uh, charging handling fees, and all that. Like, um, you know, the online training shit. Like, I do online training. I believe you do as well, right, Chanel? A little bit, just like. Yeah. So I mean, where do you think, like? like the culture is right now as far as powerlifting goes, or if let's just say multiply since you guys are so immersed in that, where do you think like the, the culture stands right now? Do you think it's in a good place? Do you think it's in a shitty place? Like what are the pros and cons of what's going on right now? What do you think, Lily? So I think the advantage to being a multiply lifter is that if the vast majority of cases you're forced into a group, right? And that's what has been lost in powerlifting since I started is like, that's just how it is. You went, you found a group, you kind of like paid your dues for a little bit. They took pity on you and then you became one of them and they helped you out and you guys were a group. And I mean, obviously we're all lifters. It's much easier to train by yourself. You don't need the help. 
obviously, if you are a good lifter and you care, you do want the eyeballs and you want the support and you want the critiques. But with multiply, I mean, I, I do see people do it by themselves and like kudos to them. I'm sure it's not, not doing it by myself. <laughs> so like I'd say the vast majority of people still need to seek out a group. So in that sense, it is keeping the camaraderie in the sport that was like what I liked in the first place or kind of what I grew up around. Um, so well, I don't know. I mean, a lot of that the beginning is like, that's how you kind of like, that, that also develops you as a person is getting to know like people that you don't know and having to get along with people that have different interests than you and like, live their lives completely differently but everybody's got to if you just listen and stuff sometimes it's dumb shit but it's fine you can push that aside too find the good somewhere <laughs> for sure for sure i mean i've talked to a lot of multiply guys and and they said like um it's like a double-edged sword right like you guys from what i've seen because where i train is predominantly multiply but i'm a raw lifter but from what i've seen is there's much more camaraderie in multiply whereas like you walk in and you're like, I want to try briefs today. And eight people will throw a pair of briefs at you. Like, try these, try these, try these, try these. But it's also a more niche sport where, like, it's almost, like, not as welcoming to the outside world until you get into it. And, like, you like it's almost like Multiply wants to stay small, like, and in its box. But then once you get inside, everyone's much more, like, welcoming than it is, like, in Raw. Where in Raw now you have all these, like, like USAPL elitists and these fucking idiots that want to train alone. They don't know anything about where, how powerlifting started or having good training partners or helping out at a gym, no gym etiquette. They don't know how to spot and load and handle people. Um, you know, we see coaches now that don't even know how to wrap someone's knees, but they call themselves a powerlifting coach. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's like a double-edged sword with like, um, raw people transitioning into multiply like multiply is very like i don't know they kind of you guys try to like kind of intimidate people you want you don't want like everyone in but once you're in you're like embraced more than like a raw lifter would be you know what i mean it's fucking hard like people don't want to waste i mean i don't know about you guys but like i don't want to waste my fucking time trying to help somebody with gear for like two weeks and have them just fuck off like there's a huge learning curve so like the entry fee to multiply is just time whereas it's like regular raw power lifting you just put your fucking squat shoes on go lift like an asshole somewhere it's not yeah. that hard yeah so, yeah for yeah. sure um and that's a good point too i mean people don't understand the time that goes into it you know what i mean there there's been people i've been talking to recently i have a couple new multiply clients of mine that you know were so used to their raw ways and training on their own and now, like, I'm telling them, you, you got to get down here. Like, you got to train with us. You got to train with a group. Like, you can't be in a squat suit by yourself. You're not going to be walking out squats. You're not going to be, you know, and, and people, it, it is hard to explain to people how much time it's really going to take them in order to, the time they're going to have to put in to learn all the equipment properly and all that stuff. It, it's, uh, it's definitely um, more time consuming than raw lifting would be. Yes. <laughs> so social media good or bad for powerlifting it's good i guess i mean it connects people but at the same time like i was just talking to um 
Amy at the North of the Border meet there, and she was saying that, like, she, you know, she's, like, OG Westside, and she's, like, going to this new gym telling me about how every fucking kid has a stupid tripod, like, taking videos of every exercise, and, like, her mind's just blown, and I can just, I can understand. So I think there's just a lot of that now, too. Yeah. Lily, yeah. what do you think? I feel like I'm, like, weirdly the kind of, like, angry old man about that, because, like, that, that was not a thing until, like, you know, somewhat recently, that's not something that I saw a lot. And I feel like it, it did, like, if that is your focus, or your focus is like, how am I going to make this look cool for the internet? Oh, my God, did I press the record button? This is a good angle. And you're not focusing on what you're doing to your training partners, or that's distracted you right before your lift, like, uh, that can go fuck off. Um, I mean, it's been good in the sense that like, you know, Chanel was originally my online friend. Now we're real life friends. So like I have a ton of friends that way. Keep in touch with people. Um, I enjoy that aspect. But in terms of just like having your lifting be about what you're going to put on the internet after, I strongly dislike. But I also, I mean, I like filming for watching yourself. And if you don't have good training partners, like you do want to record that and play sure. it back. It's I just, mean, there, there's good and bad. Um, yeah. But it's also like, you know, like I was saying before with the online trainers, like it's so oversaturated, you know, everyone's a trainer now, everyone's a coach now because maybe they lost 10 pounds or they did one power lifting meet. Now they mm -hmm. can just put coach in their bio and they're kind of, it, it, it takes away from, you know, the real coaches out there, the people like you guys that have put in, you know, eight years, 10 years into power lifting. And then you see someone with no experience, you know, taking on clients that they have no business taking on you know what i mean and then it yeah. gives it gives coaches in general a bad stigma you know what i mean online coaching or whatever yeah. it may be. and there's not a good vetting process because it's not you know it's all completely random and individual I mean, like you just saw someone online or they have a couple followers and like that yeah. is credibility but exactly if you're not with a group of people or with a you know a group of lifters that you know who can say like yeah this person's legit and they're just like okay you have followers i like you you know what you're talking about <laughs> for sure so i mean what would you guys say what would you guys like recommend to people that are looking for coaches like how would you guys vet out a coach i mean i know you guys are all set now but like for up-and-coming lifters new lifters how would you tell them to vet out a coach honestly they'd be lucky if they found someone because like there's so much it's so distilled at this point so it's like for them to even find somebody to ask that question the good person to ask that question like good luck like <laughs> there's so many people so i think part a big where you are and how how lucky you are do you even know anybody that's even remote anybody actually like worth their salt you know yeah yeah well i would say like one most importantly, find a group. So the emphasis should necessarily be on find a coach, but find a group, even if they're not the best people, like a mediocre group, I think, well, this is not 100%. Okay, a medium good group is better than a pretty good online coach, right? Because they're going to review your lifts, get back to you later, you have to implement it the next time, hope you remember, you know, it's not, I just think that like, um, asynchronous feedback is not the best way to do things but if you do want an actual coach like one what are their accomplishments how long have they been doing it for who have they trained with where have they learned stuff from who have they trained and not that it has to be like oh it's they made a world record lifter like if you make 
a couple very good lifters, I don't, those people could be good no matter what, right? I think with most amazing lifters, those people would be good no matter what shit you throw at them. Mm -hmm. So if they can make a very good amount of people better than they were before, pretty good. Yep. I would take that over someone who is like, I train these two world-class people, right? So it's a mixed bag. Well, because we could agree too, like with what you're saying, these world, like the most world-class lifters, like Dave Hoff, for instance, let's just say, I mean, works his ass off. I'm not taking anything away from him, but free, like he was built to do this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like insanely know. athletic. Like I've seen him like, do sporty things or like jump or like he would be good at anything. That, that's what I mean. He like taller, he'd be a professional athlete. Yeah. So I mean, he's obviously super smart uh, with his lifting, works really hard, does everything right. But also, yeah, I mean, he's like, he is, that's why he's the best multiply lifter is because. Yeah. Like some of these top guys, like, like you said, you could throw many things at them and they'll figure it out and they'll make it. Yeah. Happen. But, but if you have, if you have 10 great lifters, you know, that should say something about the coach right there. Yeah, for sure. And if they're not, like, also, another important thing is, like, are your people getting hurt on a regular basis? That's a huge red flag. Obviously, shit happens, but, like, if people are just getting, like, nagging things that they can't fit, you know, whatever, like that. Or they're constantly in rehab mode. Yeah, huge red flag. For sure. So, um, right now, I mean, you guys have tons of years in. Is there any, like, any end in sight for either of you? Because, I mean, Chanel, you've been doing this, what, eight years? And Lily, over 10 years? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. do you want to answer first? I don't want to, like, okay, talk. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I got a couple more meets in me, I'm sure. But I take it one meet at a time. If I don't feel like doing it, I... Well, yeah, I don't know. Like, things are starting to hurt and shit now, too. So, <laughs> I got careful. Like, I had a bit of a scare at the Pro-Am last year. And I almost, like, I didn't... I just had the actual thought that... I might break my other arm and that was enough for me to be like, Hmm, all right, let's reevaluate this. Like, yes, I remember that. I was there for that. And I saw you yell when you were like yeah. locked out your, yeah. you left out your bench and that was scary. Yeah. 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 Like I was like, okay, I'll break one arm. That's fine. I'll get over that. Back. But like two, like I'll have to go back and fucking shoot myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fooled me once. <laughs> yeah. That fooled me twice. Now I'm fucked. Like, Holy shit. Okay. No thanks. <laughs> but so I mean, how how I just read your article that you did for Elite um, about coming back from injury. Oh yeah. I mean, um, you know, many of us deal with a lot uh, more minor injuries than what you dealt with there. But I mean, like, how how is it confidence wise, like, to get under the bar again? Was it really hard for you, or were you itching to get back there? Uh, it was progressive. Like, I was actually really scared at first. I, uh, I remember, like, benching just the bar, and it scared the shit out of me. Like, I was lucky. I was actually at Hellbent at the time when I was going through some of that rehab stuff at the beginning, and it was really helpful to have people around know how to spot and know how to, like, you know, make sure that I was safe and stuff. I think that that was a big part of, like, why I felt comfortable at first anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, no, like, it just takes time. Like, took me a long time like even when I benched like a plate like it moved fine but in my head I was like oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna break my arm again <laughs> yeah yeah but that was a big part of why I wanted to do it because I wanted to like come back from that in that sense and be like more mentally tough in that way because I think a lot of people don't even get the opportunity to really like, be 
tough mentally like like sure like you, you'll, there'll always be more weight to add on the bar but I think like that was a big thing for me to be like okay like this is my version of powerlifting if I can come back from this then like I'll know like I'm fucking strong like to, to me like I don't give a fuck about at the end of the day as long as like I feel strong obviously big numbers are great but to me like that was like my biggest that was like my thousand pound squat for a lot of dudes you know yeah just to be able to bounce back and have you had and you've hit your biggest total since then, or your biggest total was prior to that? I've PR'd uh, everything but my squat. So for some reason, when I, because I tore my ACL that day too, I don't know why, but like my lower body just like took a hit and it's taken a really long time. I don't know if it was because of like gym changes and stuff or what, because I used to train at a really big gym in Toronto. They had like every machine on the planet and it was easy for me to just go jump on machines and shit for lower body, which was helpful for me at the time. So maybe that's where I got a lot of that initial strength but coming back from after the injury was really tough and I still haven't even gotten a, a better squat so I'm hoping to do that next and that's another reason why I'm continuing to power lift gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. you're gonna have a good squat at the pro and I can feel it <laughs> <Under pound>. <laughs> <laughs> so Lily what about you I mean any anything big happen knock on wood hopefully not uh somehow no uh I, I I don't know how. Uh, I, maybe I'm not strong enough. Oh, no, my God. Fuck, I'm not strong enough. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> A terrible realization. Uh, I don't, like, and I am... It's. I feel like it's a question of, like, when, not if. Yeah, and I'm also, like, really grossed out by shit. So if I... Something happens, I'm just gonna like throw up on my wound, and then, like, I'd be like, ah! And then it's gonna... That's my hurt. biggest problem. I would probably pass out. Yeah. Um. So, I, with as far as, like, you didn't get to answer before. Do you do you feel like you're coming to the end of your career? Or are you still going or what? So what I mean, I weirdly feel like I'm kind of just getting started. Like if you, I'm sure you looked at my open powerlifting. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I started with like a 400 pound total. When I say like, like that's pretty close. I'm not. This is not like a big stretch to yeah. whatever 430 to 400 or whatever. So it took me. I mean, it took me a very long time to get where I am obviously like there are people that come in and within like two years they're like I ah, great I squat 600 pounds I'm like Fuck, good for you too yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like I mean that's pretty you know it just um wouldn't say I'm like genetically predisposed to do this when I uh got my first pro total and Dave Tate was there and my parents were there and he was like he was like, uh, I've seen your parents, so I know you worked really hard to get here. <laughs> and so, so my parents are like, they're, they're fucking awesome, but they're, they're very athletic, but they're like, you know, very slender, long limb, you know, like that type of athletic, like they play tennis and whatever. So like my family and they're like, yeah, you guys are beefy motherfuckers. It's like, no, you guys are gangly, gangly little dudes <laughs> like that walking walls. <laughs> so it's been I mean it's been a journey and it's taken me a long time to get here and obviously like the people that have trained me have done a tremendous job overcoming my physical disadvantages. Um <laughs> so I want I mean every girl that Hoff has coached has squatted 700. So I'm like very determined to squat 700. That'd be cool. Uh and then you know do some other cool shit. So no, I feel like I mean, knock on wood, you know, things aren't falling apart yet. Um, and hopefully I'll be a good lifter. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good thing because, like, everyone I've been talking to lately, like, I just had Dan Bell on and stuff. Everyone's, like, you know, looking towards the end. And it's, like, just a weird thing to, like, keep coming across people that are so big in the game, but they also are, like, 
I want to hit this and I want to get out or I want to do this mm -hmm. and I want to get out. So it's good that you guys like don't have an end in sight yet, even with so many years behind you. You know what I mean? Um, what would you say? I mean, what drew you guys to multiply over raw? The people, I think. I started out in a multiply gym. So I was just handed the gear. It was like one of my training partner's daughter's fucking shit. They were like, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. And then I never looked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think same because I was training at Elite and, you know, it was a predominantly multiply group. And I thought it was cool. Like, uh, yeah, I want to be in a little sausage suit and waddle. Yeah, yeah. Lift more weight and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shit my pants when I walk around. <laughs> <laughs> would you guys ever go back raw either of you i tried last summer and it fucked me up because my body's weird and i can't i got like a short torso and long legs so i squat like an like i look like a fucking ostrich or something so i just i was like this is enough for me I, it takes me forever to get down there past depth so <laughs> yeah i mean we have similar like leg leverages i feel like so it feels equally as awkward we can both do a meet together raw and see who. Oh my god, we should. Do you think that it'll be like a tandem deadlift? We could do like a tandem squat and like sit on each other's laps or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fine. We'll do the deadlift together. Like yeah. that, we'll grab it by the on either side. <laughs> I just like hold hands and do it with one hand each. So <laughs> if um. Like, knowing what you guys know now and, and so many years in, is there things you would have done differently, like, at your younger self? Like, things you would have told your younger self differently, like, either slow down and, like, be more patient or anything like that? Not me. I'm 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 pretty good. Like, I was, I'm pretty content. Like, uh, I would have, I don't know, maybe I would have pushed harder when I was, like, real, real into it because maybe that would have been, like, you know, more gay. But like, I'm pretty good. How about you, Lily? Um, sorry, I'm making sure my phone is plugged in. I don't feel like I'm buzz. It's still not going buzz. Wait, I'm afraid if I. Oh. Uh. Uh. I think for me, what do you mean? Uh oh. What do you mean? Uh oh. No. No, you disappeared for a second. Are we un -oh'd? Okay. Okay. Uh, I think for me, most of it would be like the mental. Part, like the first, I think it's, it's only happened in the past handful of years where like I've finished a meet and I've been happy about it. Or I've been happy after a lift or I missed a lift and I've been like, all right, whatever, let's move on. So like I spent the first handful of years just like crying after me to be like, you fucking little shit, you suck, shit, suck. And like that kind of thing. And like, that's, you know, that's not helpful. And I know it, it's hard to get out of that when you're seeing what other people are doing and you're comparing yourself to other people and you're like i'm never gonna get there like why am i doing this i look like shit so just the i think the being able to like appreciate how far you've come you know still knowing you have a ways to go but being able to put things in perspective um like understand where you are set realistic goals so not be like oh my god how did i not squat 600 even though like the most i've ever squatted is 500 how did this not happen that's crazy i hate myself and just be able to, like, appreciate the process, appreciate how far you've come, and be realistic about where you need to go. For sure. And have a short memory. Like, that's another thing. Like, I've seen Dave, like, I mean, he rarely misses, but, like, if he does, he's not like, oh, my God, what did I do? How am I going to do that? He's just like, 
all right, forgets it, moves on. Like if there's yeah. something you need to learn from it, great. If not, go get it again. And that's that's been like a tough one for me. So I think like more on the mental side are things that I would have slapped myself around for. For sure. I mean, I had my first uh, bomb out experience this summer, so I didn't know how I was going to bounce back from that. But I'm trying to learn the short term memory thing myself. Yeah. Have you guys both bombed out? Oh, by accident. <laughs> I didn't that, well, I yeah. guess... stupid question I mean I know you kind of bombed out twice in a meet yeah just once yeah that was just that just counts as one bomb out I wait right. but I guess it was disqualified because it's not I got medical, medical bomb out yeah medical <laughs> honorable <laughs> medical bomb out <laughs> Lily, no bomb outs for you? No, somehow no. I uh, I almost bombed out at the WPO last year when I was too big for my shirt and couldn't get my benches in. It took me three tries to get my opener. But no, I generally, like, I opened very – I had a friend ask me this time. They're like, why are you opening so light? And I was like, that's a smart thing to do, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so I open very light. I don't – I used to worry about, like, oh, no, my opener is too light. I'm not going to hit so-and-so. Like – never ever worry about your openers got you so yeah super i'm not saying that to you like I'll, no you no know, no i, no, general, I know like beginner <laughs> like, yeah. um yeah. who are some of your guys favorite lifters right now to watch so you're implying that i actually watch powerlifting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i'm kidding i think <laughs> Try to. i don't know everybody's got i, I don't know i like a few people i guess I'd like to see Denise come back. Jesus, like, I want her to do a meet. I thought, you know, she's been trying to do a meet for a bit. I think she's, yeah. so we'll see. She's, she's doing the pro-am. I'm convincing good. her. She's going to do it. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I enjoy, like, literally all the women who do, like, the WPO and the pro-am, like, I love watching. It's so, like, the weights that people lift are insane. Like, I was watching Deanna, like, they called her second attempt, and I was like, wow, that's really heavy, like, that's her third, and then I was like, oh, shit, no, that's her second. Like, it's just, like, mind-blowing, like, chicks squatting 900 pounds, like, chicks who squat what I squat raw, like, I'm not even mad about that. I should be mad, because I'm squatting it in a suit, but I'm just like, fuck, that's cool, like, if you come after me in the flight at the pro-am, like, fuck, good for you, like, I, I don't know, I just think all of it's cool, so I really enjoy doing, like, the women's meets and seeing what people put up and it's pretty wild i mean and the lightweight girls who like are doing crazy things too it's for sure for sure um, so lily what would you like attribute to your longevity and, and like staying healthy this whole time and so well currently um i have a lot of help from my doctor friend seth albersworth i'll give him a shout out he um, is a great like rehab uh, injury guy. So like anything that is coming up or occurring, uh, he sorts me out a hundred percent. He's great. Um, in general. So I do like, do I think this is a hundred percent what contributes to me being healthy? I don't know. So I do take like my mobility, my sleep, my rehab, my hydration, all that stuff like very seriously. So like I track the steps, I track my sleep, I track my food, I go for a walk every day, I do my mobility stuff. So like I do try hard to keep myself in good shape uh, to the best of my ability. In general, I mean, I do, 
I would say I try to listen to my body, but I don't think I've like avoided anything catastrophic by not doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I think I'm like, I think I'm kind of smart with listening to myself. Like I'm not, I don't come in right back after a meet and like get under a bar and put gear on, whatever, you know, I give my body time to recover. If I'm starting to feel beat down, I know when it's time to pull back a little bit. So I don't think that I purposely make stupid decisions to try mm-hmm. to be strong and have it go the wrong way. So I think I'm like, gotcha. I'm fairly good at auto-regulated. Gotcha. And obviously okay. everyone who has trained me, like I'm lucky that the people who have trained me are not, you know, they're smart. So yeah, they're yeah. not likely to put me in a position where I'm going to do something stupid. Now, Chanel, you seem like the opposite. Are you tracking your food and tracking your steps and all that stuff? No, sir. I'm not. Yeah. I figured. <laughs> I figure you're I, like. So I know that for sure. <laughs> I, you seem I, like the type that's just winging it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I it, like I, a lot of that at the beginning. So a lot of it is actually se- kind of like, like weird second nature. Like I know roughly how much how much protein, how many carbs I need around my training days and non-training days and stuff like that. So that's kind of like auto-regulated in its own way. And then I just try to make sure I get enough sleep. And then that's basically it. I've allowed myself to like relax a little bit in the last couple of years, just because like I want to enjoy like life stuff too. Cause a lot of those years powerlifting were strictly powerlifting. Like I wouldn't go to shows. I wouldn't go to like even parties and stuff sometimes. Like, stuff like, like I totally avoid those things. I have to train the next day. So I still do that now sometimes, obviously, when I have to. Like, Sunday mornings are always, like, I don't go out on Saturday nights and get wasted or anything like that. But, like, if I can afford to go out now and stuff by myself, I will. Do you think that um, – It makes me wonder why I'm doing all this because, like, you're so much better than me and you don't have to do any of that now. I'm, like, over here, like, why am I doing this stupid shit? (laughs) You got to give yourself some more credit. Yeah, you're fucking strong. she's way better than me. (laughs) So, um – uh Chanel you just said something about uh oh yes so like earlier in your career taking it so serious and everything um do you think that built like a better baseline for you to allow yourself to do what you like to do now or do you think you or you could have been like pressing on the brakes a little bit this whole time no, 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 no. I needed that. I needed those years of like concentration because it taught me a lot about uh, self-discipline and stuff too. Mm-hmm. That was some, that was one of the big reasons why I wanted to get into powerlifting or when I started, I really like would, I was, I was, I'm surprised that I was so aware enough at the time to know that like the self-discipline that goes into like going into the gym when you don't even want to go in and stuff like that would pay off in the long run in life as well. So like I knew that like, I just kept going like I'd get better and I, I, I did and I was lucky that I had a couple of good po- coaches along the way too like I've been trained by like Rita and Laura and like all these like super strong and have been lucky to train around and stuff so those things have all attributed to that but I've been able to like relax a little bit just because I I have that base so yeah yeah so I was wondering because you know I talked to Laura about that same thing and she said you know the be- she wishes in her career like um that she made more time for that kind of stuff, like her own personal stuff. But at the same time, I said, you know, would you be Laura Phelps had you not been on the gas so heavy at the beginning? So it's hard to find like that, that happy medium, you know what I mean? Because when you look at the top dogs in the sport, they've dedicated a good chunk of their life to it, to this, you know what I mean? Like Stacey Burr said on her podcast with Dave Tate, she wouldn't do a thing, you know, she would not leave the house. She wouldn't go to the movies. She wouldn't go bowling. She wouldn't, you know, because it was dedicated to training. So, I mean, 
it is tough to find that balance because, you know, people will say it's just a hobby, it's just a hobby, but the top dogs will tell you how much they've dedicated and how much they've sacrificed in order to get, you know, to where they are. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure Hoff at the beginning wasn't, you know, going out drinking every single night and stuff like that, whereas now maybe they settle down and, and take it a little less serious, but um, to try to find that balance is, is a hard thing, especially when you don't have, like you said, that, that initial self-discipline that you grew to have now. I wonder that all, like when I, maybe the first seven or eight years of powerlifting, like I can probably count on one hand how many training sessions I missed, like actually yeah. missed, I like made up somewhere or whatever. And then this, and in retrospect, you know, kind of stupid. Like, I missed some family stuff, holidays, like, important stuff. And in this past couple of years, you know, my husband is European, so we've been traveling a lot for strongman stuff or, like, having to spend time out of the country. It's obviously messed up training. But I I feel like in the beginning, it's, like, almost like your strength level in the beginning will drop off. Well, one, you're instilling yourself with that discipline, like you said. Like, you're learning how to do it. You're learning, you're learning what it means to actually, like, be fully invested in it and then you can either continue with that or not but at least you have a baseline for it and then i feel like you're once you get to a certain level like your strength is not going to drop off as quickly right like if you take a week off two weeks off whatever like you'll be fine and i feel like when you are first starting that room for error is so much smaller yeah true i could be wrong but that just seems like no, it, make, it makes sense like, because you don't have such a baseline. Though. Yeah, like the more advanced training age you have, the more you can kind of like be a little flexible with your time off. And the more you need the time off, like you don't really need that time off when you're, you know, max is 135. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But I think you benefit more from it. Yeah, when sure. you're like, it up. like my um, husband right now, like he trains twice a week right now because work is so demanding, but he's got over 10 years belt so he's able hey whereas like a lot of starting out probably could use at least four days a week yeah, yeah. um something else you mentioned you just said chanel that um you know teaching yourself that that discipline when you didn't want to go to the gym um i've i've mentioned this a, a few times with people um they look at us like a lot of people will look at us or like top level lifters and say you know they almost feel like we're just like built for this. And like, we wake up every day and we're like, you know, you know, like this is all we can do. You know what I mean? Um, and that we're always like a hundred percent locked in and motivated. And they don't realize that we have the same issues as them. Like getting to the gym sometimes is hard as hell and, you know, waking up, we don't always want to go there and do it. So how do you guys keep that? Um, like that discipline in check when you're not always so motivated, like how do you keep your mental health in check and all that stuff? You know, you're going to feel better after, first of all, usually. I mean, if you already know that, and then it's like practice, and it does happen every time after, then that's a good motivation for me. Like, like Lily was saying, like having a training crew is really good too, especially because then you have people who need you, and you got to show not like you can just fuck off, right? Yeah. I mean, I like, I know I want to squat 700, right? I'm not going to do that by not showing up or not doing accessories or whatever. So, I mean, I just, I know how important it is, whether it's the off season stuff or the accessories or the meat ready stuff. Like I know how important the entire cycle is to build off of, not just like taking those big lifts before a meet, whatever, like 
in my head, I know the importance of all of it, the importance of where it falls. So what I need to do in the off season to make my, to make me better when I'm peaking, which will make me better for this meet, which will make me better going into my next off season. So like to me, just keeping the whole big picture in mind and knowing how important each little piece of it is to contribute. Like I I can't skip out on anything and still have that. For sure. And that, and that goes back to what you were saying about like falling in love with that process of it too. Right. Like I've had, I've had clients say to me, um, you know, I want to step back from this for a while because it's not as fun anymore. It feels like a job. But like you were saying earlier, uh, Lily, you said, you know, you used to be really hard on yourself for missed lifts, but now you, now you realize like to look back at where you came from and fall in love with the whole journey of it and the process of it, because I mean, technically this is a job. If you, you want to squat 700 pounds, you have to show up every day and work to get there. You know, no one's going to give you that 700 pound squat. So, I mean, how do you, as coaches, like, how do we explain the importance of, of what we do to people that may not have that same drive or motivation that we do? Hmm. I think a lot of that out too, because that's the, that's the initiative that you have to even continue to have your own initiative. Like, I'm on everybody around you all the time to tell you how, but like, obviously you can have a way, but your initial going something like be a good one for, I think like for sure. that in you to begin. With. Yeah. I think it's definitely like a 50, 50, like you need to be internally motivated. Like, no, there's no amount of anything that's going to force someone to do it, but like the, the buy-in to the entire process of like, okay, here's where you want to be. Here's what you're lacking. Like you are going to have to work on X, Y, Z in the off season in order to be able to start your meat cycle at X, Y, Z point. Right. So I think learning that being ready for a meet and getting to your goals at a meet is not just about the 12 weeks before the meet, right. It's about what you do in the 12 weeks before that. And I'm not going to keep counting back 12 weeks because I don't know if that makes a year and then I'm going to look stupid. (laughs) So, you know, but it's like, I think being able to understand the entire process and how important it is to have things build on each other and how, you know, it's not linear, it's Mm -hmm. cyclical and things go up and down and you need to pull back from one area to improve in another. So I think just understanding that it's, you know, it's a bunch of pieces that fit together. So you can't just take off six months and then come back and expect to be in the same place you were or expect to be in a better place at your next meet. For sure. Um, Is there, I mean, is there a way you feel like you can teach someone to find that? Like, for instance, have you seen a ton of people like come in and think that what we do or what you guys do is much easier than than they thought it was? I mean, much harder than they thought it was? Like how Chanel, you said at the beginning, like you've seen so many people come and go. Like, yeah, it just takes a, everybody's a, people will come in and they'll say that they're serious. Something happens later, and their priorities change, and that's just like so. I can't, like I said, you can't force it around, but you, you just. I try to foster like when I have my training group and stuff. I try to be, uh, like I try to have it. So that like we actually have a good time like you said earlier that you have to treat it like a job, but like 
I don't like going to fucking work. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so like as long as people are like and still doing not like obviously like important if you that's fine with me. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess if you are, I mean, if you are the head of your group or coaching or whatever, like being able to foster like a not overly like sappy positive mindset, but just being able to put things in perspective and be like, you know, appreciate accomplishments. And I mean, I do a lot of shit talking and like we should talk a lot in our group and like, like what the fuck was that? But it's also like, you know, we appreciate when other people do a good job and we yeah. point out we do a good job and you know make a big deal out of it so i think being able to like at least somewhat foster the i was gonna say fun and positive but like <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't that doesn't seem like the right well like like the balance between the two like the tough love yeah. versus yeah the, between the... uh make this a priority take it seriously you know be realistic shit talk and then uh okay, like, we do have fun. Like, our, I think our group is very good at being able to put the gas on when we need to. So, like, okay, we're getting rid of the squat. Everyone pay attention. Be serious. You know, you're helping, you're cueing, you're coaching. And then in between or whatever, like, all right, fuck around, joke around. And that definitely, like, it's hard to maintain the atmosphere of, like, oh, fuck, I'm just ready to go all the time. And, like, that intensity and anger. And it's exhausting. And I think that's why, like, you really see that with like kind of mid-level people, not super top-level people. It's not something you can maintain, and it's kind of detracts from your lifting. So being able to find that, you know, that balance and know when to pull back and know when to put the brakes on and know when to pay attention and know when to fuck off or when to, you know, fuck on. Yeah, fuck on, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> so let's get into some shit. Is there beefs? I want to know about multiply beefs. Lily's got all the beef in her. <laughs> oh, by my, oh, I'm glad you said that. I was wondering where you're going with that one. <laughs> you guys want to see my beef? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I think, unfortunately, we're like the two, like, unbeefiest people. Like, we, we just hung out the other weekend. And we're like, I mean, we do, like, a little bit of our, like, shit talking, but we're like, oh, I really like so-and-so. Like, <laughs> I'm just so cool. Like, uh, like, uh, like, no, you're so strong. She'll be like, yeah. oh, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I seen Chanel go on her on her rants on Instagram, and I was hoping she'd be on her rant mode tonight. No, oh, brand Those are like, those are like, those are like. I, I'll post it, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm such an ass. I better delete that. <laughs> I, I do it too. I yeah. do it too. And people are like, Bobby, you're a coach. You really shouldn't like talk about people that way. It's bad for your business. And I'm like, shit, you know what I mean? Then I got to go back and like, like try to find talk and balance again, the balance of like being myself and branding myself as myself, but also like being more welcoming and not being the shit talking asshole all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I reserve yeah. most of my shit talking for my friends. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I mean to them, not about yeah. them. It's like, like what do you but like they register it in their as so like at the end of the day, like what I'm trying the message I'm trying to get across is somebody's gonna read that and be like, This fucking idiot It's like I don't give a fuck about those people. Like why the fuck do I even share my What did you post? I feel like I missed this. I don't remember. Do you remember? <laughs> well I I know No, I want one... 
the one we talked about, you were going off about people charging for handling fees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Okay, that's I did see that. I fucking... Ooh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, it is what it is, but, like, I don't know what the fuck's up with people these days, like, charging money for shit that shouldn't be fucking charging money for. Like, if you're having to go out and fucking buy $150 for a handling fee, that means you're probably brand new and you don't know shit, which means you're not wearing wraps, you're not, you're not like, squatting heavy, you don't need a lot of... If anything, you just need a little bit of, like... Like, you need the pylons to get you to your warm-up area and back to your fucking chair. That's it. Like, you know, like that's all it is. Like, holy fuck. Even your hand off. Like, it's not like you don't need a 3 hand off. You don't need fucking, you know, you don't need anybody to pull your gear off. Yeah, yeah. off. Yeah, like, so, that's just whack. Well, like you said, it, it, it defeats the purpose of, like, the camaraderie we talk about. And it, 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 it like, stops forcing people to have to communicate with each other and, 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 and uh, form the, these groups. That, like, that's okay, and that's what's expected. So then these guys will their fucking first mate, or they're, like, they'll mm -hmm. start coaching, and then they'll tell the clients that, oh, yeah, by the way, it costs you $150 plus room and board for me to come to your meet to help you. Like, fuck, you know, but that's just, that's passed down. Like, there's no more, like, or there's a lot less, of, you know, the people who are just, go and help and stuff for free or whatever. But again, that goes back to like training partners and getting to know people and that's becoming harder and harder too. So I also understand that side of it and that like the services are there like for people who live alone, probably in their garage or somewhere who just don't have those connections. So I feel like if you lift alone in your garage though, you know how to handle yourself well enough where you don't need a, a, a like it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing to see. It's one thing if you take care of your handler, right? Like, Chanel, if you said, Bobby, I want you to come out to the pro-am, wrap my knees, this and that. And you and you said, like, I'll pay for your flight or whatever. Like, that's one thing. But, like, for you to hire a random stranger that you've never trained with just as, like, a handler for the day, yep. I don't even know how you would feel comfortable being the handler. Like, I don't know anything about you. I don't right. know how you like your knees wrapped. I don't, yep. like, I don't know how you like your gear set. I don't know if you need tough love or you need me to fucking rub your back and say you're doing great. Like, like that's yeah. those are things you have to learn by per being personal with people and, and getting to know people rather than just fucking yeah. filling out an online form and then flying out to coach somebody. Right, yeah, that'd be like exactly. more of a hindrance and an annoyance than exactly having to fucking pay them 150 bucks on top too. <laughs> to you to babysit them to them to babysit you and like <laughs> yeah 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 that's why i don't do that don't try to earn 50 dollars yeah. or at least just like go and like ask i guarantee if you show up to a meet and like you're just like i'm scared and someone will be like oh i'll help you like uh, you like, know there's <laughs> plenty of that and that's how you meet like that's how i met people when i first started like just go to some meets and they're like oh you look like you're interested in this like come train with us like okay man thanks that'd be great yeah. Like, just, oh, no, you have to talk to people in real life, which is I funny because I hate talking to people in real life. <laughs> I can't make fun of it. But, <laughs> yeah, try it sometime. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What do you guys think about what um, Leah and them did with the main event project? Leah, Amber, Tara, and Allison? Yeah, Allison uh, from New York there. Yeah. What do you guys I think about that whole thing? It's good. I think yeah. it's, our, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of that female, like, shit is there. Like, so it's good. I'm. they want to tag it. That's great. Like, they want to claim it. And, you know, like, it, I'm sure it, 
I'm sure a lot of people are getting a lot of empowerment out of that. So I'm happy for them. Yeah, I mean, they got some good, like, uh, prize money and, you know, sponsorship at meets yeah. and stuff. Like, cool. I mean, I think, like, female multiplied power, or female powerlifting in general, like, is some, you know, sometimes it gets a better turnout than the dudes. And that's sometimes for a reason. I think there's a little bit, like, less of the ego stuff and more, like, actual emotion and smart lifting and, like, you know, you just see people kind of be athletes in their own nature, not like what they think they need to be. Um, so I like, I mean, I enjoy watching, watching chicks lift. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and there's some girls are doing some, like some insane, insane stuff. And it's like, I know it's hard for like the average person to comprehend it because it's not a thousand pound squat or 1200 pound squat. So it's, they're just like, okay, it's, it's less and it's whatever. But like they're, they're doing some real wild stuff. Sure. Some women are doing some real wild stuff out there. <laughs> Hold that thought one minute. We're about to get kicked off because we reached our limit. Um, I got to sign right back in. Can I trust that you guys could handle signing back into this? Or... <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Hold on one minute. All right. All right. <clears throat> back live. Part two. Chanel and Lily are coming back in in one second. And we'll finish up as soon as they get back in here. I did it. All right, you're in. You're in. Now we just got to wait on Lily. She's probably dead. Oh, no, there she is. Hold on one second. Let me get her in here. That'd be so funny if we just didn't show up again. If we're just like, <laughs> I'm just sitting in here by myself waiting for you guys. <laughs> All right. So, so um, we were on the topic of, you know, you were saying uh, women taking over the sport, you know, and there's less ego driven stuff and more like emotion behind it. Um, women in general, you know, we talked about uh, the, the culture of the sport, but do you think, um, women's powerlifting specifically is in a, a a better place than like ever right now you would say right yeah yeah i mean when i first started lifting you know there was there were not a lot of women in powerlifting like not like the women at the top they were at the top you know it was like like laura i mean amy was like a little bit before me but like there were a handful of women and they were really good. And I mean, a handful of them were not good like myself, but there were, there were not a lot. You go to a meet and you'd be the only one. And then like, I mean, there's a, a that wasn't even like a fully formed thought, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's like the numbers that people are putting up are insane and it just gets more insane every day. Like I'm sure a couple of years ago, there were a handful of people that had squatted 700 pounds. And now like the list just keeps growing. Like people are squatting 800 and 900. Like you can, there's no way you can say like, it used to be better. Like, obviously there were great women then who are still at the top, but there's people just absolutely pushing the limits, you know, women squatting 600 raw, like 700 raw. I don't know if more than April has done that, but um, that's fucking cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, as, as coach, uh, Lily, do you coach too, or just, uh, no, like super, super, but no, I don't, I'm not a big proponent of like 
online coaching for the reasons that I stated. Like, I think if you can get hands-on, whatever. Like, I do enjoy it because I enjoy programming and watching lifting and talking about lifting. But, like, I would 100% just be like, go find some friends and have them yell at you in person. Like, I think that's just much more beneficial. Or, like, if anyone wants to come, like, train with me, not necessarily with the group. This is not an open invitation for people to come train with our group, but <laughs> I realized as I was saying that. Uh, I was like, who the fuck are <laughs> People are just going to start, like, knocking on Dave's door and being like, Dave, Lily said to come have a slumber party with you. <laughs> like, but, um, no, I'd rather, and I'm, like, more than happy to all friends who come here um, and just be like, all right, great, we're going to train, like, come out and train, or you're passing through town, come train. I was actually not came for, like, the most, like, one of our most low-key bed sessions ever, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> but, like, um, you know, or travel around, find people to train with. I think that's much more important than... Uh, I, think, I think just the reason I ask is because, like, I find now that women tend to be easier to train. Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it's the ego thing. Maybe it's the fact that you guys put that ego aside and and you and you just put in the work and once you're or once you're dead set on something like you're you're more driven towards it. Maybe guys get more embarrassed with the, with whatever you know failing lifts or whatever it may be. But I just find like right now the group of women that I have and the group of women I've been training are so much more locked in and and mentally tougher compared to a lot of the males I'm dealing with and like. I don't even know what to attribute it to. Like, what would you say it's the same around you guys or, or a mix of both? Um, uh, so well, I, mean, I you're, you're training with Hoff, so it's a little different. I mean, you're training yeah. with elite level men, but I, I just said, like, overall, from what you've seen in your career, I think, I think it's a mix of things. Like, definitely less ego I think we're probably a little more introspective in terms of like figuring out what we need to work on and fix and then doing it um we have to we tend to be a lot more technical or we have to be a lot more technical because we don't have as much I mean not all the time but a lot of the times we don't have as much just general brute muscle mass and like and testosterone and like just muscle shit up you know so I think the technicality aspect takes that patience and that time to like, you know, learn the gear and listen. And cause if you don't, then you get fucked up. So. Is that how I sound when I talk? Is that how I sound to you? Is that how <laughs> Every time you do guy voice, you're like muscle mass. That's my flat brim muscle mass. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? And I'll be like, Oh, there he is. Hey brother. <laughs> No, that's actually just how I talk most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really you <laughs> getting the podcast version of you. <laughs> I'll get off and be like, Stefan, get me my drink. <laughs> get me my meat, Stefan. <laughs> get me my beef. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan, it's time for my stuffing. <laughs> you guys need fucking help. <laughs> All right, before we wrap up, I got Instagram questions. When you guys are all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? Powerlifting-wise. I don't know. Lily? <laughs> oh, you want to be remembered for me? That's so nice. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, one, uh, I'm being fucking strong. I yeah. mean, I think, 
I hope people look at my whole, well, one, that I end up being way better than I am now and I'm better for a duration of time. But obviously, if you look back at my history, like, it took me a long time to get here. And I came, you know, as Drake, another Jew said, started from the bottom, now we're here. Uh, I, you know, I've never squatted 200 pounds raw in a meet. I jumped into multiply. So like, I was not a good lifter. I used to be 114 pounds, like, I really started from a like very gangly weakling. So if you just, you know, put in the time and the effort, if you believe it, you can achieve it. <laughs> but so one that just like, you don't need to be an amazingly genetically gifted lifter. You just have to put in the time, seek out the people and the resources and continue to do it. Um, I mean, I like to think that I help some people. I feel like, I always feel like I should do more in terms of like giving back to the sport. Um, so yeah, being strong, working hard, and being nice. <laughs> That's such a cliche answer they all give. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to change my mind. Fine. Then I hope that I'm known for being a bitch. <laughs> for being a huge dick. No, I like what you said at the beginning. Like, you want people to appreciate, like, where you started and how far you came. You know what I yeah, mean? and I think that anyone, like, if I can get much better, literally anyone who thinks that they start out and just suck and can't squat 95 pounds, because that was me, you know, that it is definitely doable, even if you're not athletic and you're not giant and you're not gifted, you've got tiny little ham hock knees. Chanel, you agree? I, same thing. Like, I started off, like, drinking outside and like being a fucking stupid who like you know just it was a mess like I was a mess and same thing like I couldn't barely squat anything I'm surprised those guys let me hang out as long as they did like at the anvil because like looking back I was like oh my god like, <laughs> like I tell you <laughs> so it's yeah a long way and that's that's what's cool about that I think is just seeing the progression and like being able to look back and be proud of like you know that kind of stuff so be nice to see like young girls especially with instagram and stuff being so like like we were talking about like us just seeing all these super strong chicks all the time now because it's just like in our feed and stuff it's like there's still like a lot of people that are just like lily and i were like when we started it's just you can't you know they don't have that platform because they're not fucking instagram famous and shit and it's like those people are the re like those are those that's me that's that's who i was so it's nice to be able to like i don't know see that too sometimes but you can't because it's too <laughs> so if you could go if you can wait what's this oh if you can go head to head with one female lifter and and win who would it be oh uh, anybody wait does that <laughs> anyone that's really good like <laughs> <laughs> like do i can i just pick the strongest person and i'll just be stronger right exactly like, well i mean like so, somebody that you would love i guess it would be someone that you would love to lift again i guess lift against or someone that you admire and would love to like go head to head against I don't know Lily Chanel hey. <laughs> oh my god we should do a meet at the same time just me and you yeah. yeah no one else invited to the pro-am <laughs> <laughs> it's the Chanel Lily classic <laughs> where we both just like make each other laugh and probably do something stupid on something and you said head to head so that means we literally have to like squat toe to toe and then at the end have our heads like you know <laughs> together at the bottom of the squat. Boop. 
has to be the same weight on the bar too. So <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. Lily, do you have any, do you have any nemesis? Do you want to like I, rival against? Anyone? Oh, my nemesis. I have so many nemesis. No, no one knows who I am. Like, uh, no, I mean, that's what's great about, like, the firm and the WPO is, like, you do get to compete with these outstanding women, and everyone's also very cool and very nice. So, like, it would be awesome for me if one day I meet someone who's very good. But in, you know, the meantime, I'll just do the same meets and, like, tell them how good they are. I got quite a bunch Sorry. of questions for you, but I don't know where we want to go with some of these well for who for lily for you no for you for me oh well but i'm I'll, sure wait, i'm sure you know where a lot of them are going though does your arm hurt what does yes. your knee hurt yeah no, i said I, i'm sure you know where a lot of them are coming from and where they're going so i'm gonna try to stay away from those okay but i do have one that i have to ask because they said i would not ask is it true that you were at a meet and got your tires slashed oh uh, uh the air was just taken out of the tires all four of them. Yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually, I was I was like, oh, wow, that's so considerate. They didn't just, like, slash the tires. They just took the air out. That's nice. Oh, there you go. There you go. Huh? All right. I didn't tell you I'll fight. No, I did. I'll fight them. <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of questions based around that, but we're not going to go there. Oh, well, I mean. Um, so let's wrap up but before I wrap up I want to give you guys both like open platform for a minute um, talk about anything I, if you guys have any like sponsors you want to shout out or anything that like um, you're working on or anything you want to do talk about advice you want to give talk oh, about shit yeah I'm working on my new single you got <laughs> a hit, hit record coming in <laughs> we're working on it together <laughs> Called. Uh, squatting. Yeah. Sheenus to Sheenus, yeah. Volume Three. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, it's called. This uh, what? Wait. Girls do poop. No. <laughs> we're not gonna get into this. We're, we're not getting into this. Two, two girls, one suit. <laughs> two girls. <laughs> so anything else we want to touch on before you guys get out of here uh oh thanks to my job for sponsoring me yeah my, I'm, yeah thanks to my husband for sponsoring me to come to the united states there you go there you go someone Dude. actually posted that he needs to come on here next so i'll have to have to talk to him and get him going oh yeah you'll get him going yeah <laughs> he will it will yeah I'd be interested to watch that. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, good. I'll talk to him next. Cool. All right, so thank you guys for coming on, and hopefully we'll do it again soon. And I'll see you thank both at the American Pro. Yeah, I mean, not I mean, the American Pro, the Pro-Am. Oh, yes. Yeah, we'll thank you for doing this. It's very cool. Very nice. <laughs> I like all your kind of you. Thank you, 12 uh, listeners. <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.